0: You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to be able to share the word of God with you. I believe that God wants to speak into our lives today, a word that hopefully will impact us and change us. As you can see, I've got a few things. I wanna thank the praise and worship team. Thank you, everyone, for um, your service this morning. Um, I've got a few props to help me with the message and hopefully it'll help us to receive more. I wanna ask you to remain standing for a few moments because we're gonna read together uh, the scripture text that we're gonna focus in on, which is taken from Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter four, from verse one through to 20. It's Gonna come on the screen, then we're gonna read together, I'm gonna pray, then we're gonna get going. Ready? Yes. Can you see that clearly? Yeah. Fam, let's read together. One, two, three. Once again, Jesus went to teach the people. The crowd was so used that he taught them many things by using parables to illustrate spiritual truth, saying, Consider this. A farmer went out to sow seeds. As he cast his seeds, some of it fell along the beaten path, and soon the birds came and ate it. Other seeds fell onto gravel with no topsoil, and the seeds quickly sprouted since the soil had no depth. But when the days grew hot, the sprouts were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. Other seeds fell among the thorns, So when the seeds sprouted, so did the thorns, crowding out the young plants so that they could produce no grain. But some of the seeds fell onto good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest. Some yielded 30, some 60, some even 100 times as much as was planted. If you understood this, then you need to respond. Afterwards, Jesus, his disciples, and those close to him remain, to ask Jesus about his parables. He said to them, the privilege of intimately knowing the mystery of God's kingdom has been granted to you, but not to the others, where everything is revealed in parables. For even when they see what I do, they will not understand, and when they hear, they will know nothing, otherwise they would repent and be forgiven. Then he said to them, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any parable? Let me explain. The father sows the word as seed, and what falls on the beaten path represents those who hear the word, but immediately Satan appears and snatches it from their hearts. The seed sown on gravel represents those who hear the word and receive it joyfully. But because their hearts fail to sink a deep root into the word, they endure for long. For when trouble or persecution comes on account of the word, they immediately wilt and fall away. And the seeds sown among thorns represents those who hear the word, but they allow the cares of this life and the seduction of wealth and the desires for other things to crowd out and choke the word so that it produces nothing. But the seed sown on good soil represents those who open their hearts to receive the word and their lives bear good fruit. Some yield a harvest of 30. Fantastic. You did that so well, brilliantly. The title, if you need one for this, today's message, is What You Seed Is What You Get. What You Seed. Is what you get, let's pray before you see it. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the privilege of being in your presence for being a speaking God. And we thank you Lord God that you're, uh, uh, we're a listening people today and we're here to hear from you because we know that one word from God changes everything. And so Lord God, speak to your people. I pray that you will use me to glorify your name. Think through my mind, speak through my vocal cords, articulate your truth. Lord God, that when we leave this place we can say that we have heard from God a clear word. I thank you right now for the good seed of your word, so deeply into our hearts, Father, and we shall be changed. In the mighty name of Jesus and the church said. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm so privileged today. As um, you see, I've got lots of props here that help me with today's message. So um, I'm going to come over here and um, just take the message from this point. Everyone can see me okay, all right? You can see my props? Now, let me just quickly just begin by obviously letting you know what's on the table. So here we have, obviously, a bowl of fruit, okay, and we, here we have a, bu- a bucket, and in this bucket there is some soil, yeah, some, some soil, you can bring it forward a little bit, fabulous, thank you guys, brilliant, that's great. So we've got some soil here, as you can see, and over here is a bag of seeds. So we've got seeds, we've got soil, and bag of fruit. Now. Um, so um, most people, I'm sure, here love fruit. Okay, most people. Okay. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so um, uh, what's your favorite fruit? And shout out some fruit. Pineapples, grapes, strawberries, bananas, mangoes. Of course, some exotic people over here. Cherries. Okay. So second, fruit cake. Uh, <laughs> There's always one, isn't there, there's always, and it always seems to be Luke for some reason, I'm not sure why. But anyway, so um, the fruit, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, the, the, they say that we need to have five a day and that, that fruit has got amazing um, properties that help us. In fact, it says here, fresh fruits naturally sweet uh, pack huge nutritional benefits as well. Fruits um, act as cleansers for your body, give you energy and supply a vast array of vitamins, minerals, Antioxidants that promote good health. Their benefits span across many medical conditions. They may help prevent heart disease, uh, uh, may cut your risk of type 2 diabetes, may help ward off cancer. This is all the benefits of of eating your fruit. So if you haven't been eating your fruit, this is really important that you join in. Join with me. I'll start today, (laughs) and you can join with me. However, all of these delicious fruit that we see here today, yeah, didn't start their lives out as fruit. They didn't begin like this. This is the end of a journey. They began their life not as fruit, but as seed. Interesting, isn't it? So, uh, plants, as you know, all come from seeds. Uh, um, Delicious fruit. Um, they start their life out as seed and plants come from seeds. Each seed contains a tiny plant waiting for the right conditions to germinate or start to grow. So this seed that you could hardly see, yeah, um, in it is the potential of this fruit. But it doesn't, so, so you can look at this and you can, you can hardly see it in my hand. And it seems like, what can this really do? But it's hidden potential, waiting to be planted in the right environment so that it can grow up and become something more. Isn't that wonderful? So the principle here is that you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. People might look insignificant to you. Small, you might even consider yourself to be this small. But the reality is, hidden within you is potential. And you can become more than what you are today. And this is really the journey that we're going to take in our message. So, go with me. So, so a seed is potential hidden in plain sight. Seeds wait to germinate um, until their needs needs are met. And these are the needs, three needs essentially that seeds need. They need water, they need correct temperature, i.e. warmth, and a good location, i.e. such as soil. Now, during its early stages of growth, the seedling relies upon the food supply stored within the seed until it's large enough for um, for its own leaves to begin making food through photosynthesis. The seedling's roots push down into the soil to anchor the new plant and to absorb water and minerals from the soil, and its stems with new leaves pushes upwards towards the light. This germination stage ends when a shoot emerges from the soil, but the plant is not done growing yet, It's just started. Plants need water, warmth, and nutrients from the soil and light to continue to grow. So, the journey of of this apple, for example, began, as I said, its life, and it's a seed. And it's planted in the soil, and it receives from the soil what it needs to grow. And um, it begins its journey, as I said, it roots down into the ground to anchor itself, and then it it begins to break open its shell, and it shoots come up and begins to reach for the light. And it goes up towards the light while it's going down towards the ground. It's rooted down, and then it goes up. goes down to go up. All right? Okay. So the way in the kingdom, the way the kingdom works is uh, down is up. It's reversed. Um, it, it, in our lives, in this world today, uh, we want to um, try and elevate people, lift them up. And we celebrate people's achievements, and it's good to do that. But the kingdom is kind of reverse to the way the world system works. The way the kingdom of God works is down is up. If you want to go up in the kingdom, you've got to go down first. And so the principle of the seed teaches us that you've got to root yourself down, because by, the further you go down in God, the higher you can go up. This fruit tree, this apple, for example. Um, uh, lovely, right? Looks good, right? Now, how... We know apples come from fruit trees, um, from apple trees. Uh, And do you you know how how big an apple tree gets? Any idea? Anyone in there? Estimate? Maybe not. Let me tell you. So a dwarf apple tree can grow as tall as 10 feet. Yeah. And a mid sized apple tree, about up to about 15 feet. But a mature, fully grown um, apple tree can grow as tall as 30 feet. Isn't that amazing? So, uh, so, the, the, so the tree that produces the fruit started its life like this and ended 30 feet tall and produced fruit. Let me just give you a side note. Did you notice something about fruit trees? I noticed this. Um, I've never known any fruit tree to have ever tasted its own fruit. Apple trees don't know what apples taste like. Banana trees don't know what banana tastes like. Because fruit trees bear fruit for others. It's interesting. Just a passing thought. But anyway, back to my message. So... so, the journey of a fruit tree, as I said before, it requires soil. Now, what is soil? Now, soil is underrated. It may look like dirty stuff that just holds plants in the ground, but it's so much more. Soil is a multi-layered, complex system holding nutrients for plants, providing a home for invertebrates and vertebrates, and the basis of thousands of food chains. Without soil, we wouldn't be able to grow the crops we need to eat or, grow the, or feed the livestock um, or uh, our life basically depends on soil. All our life depends on soil. So what is it? Soil is made up of minerals um, from rocks, organic matter from plants and animals um, that many species living in the soil. Earthworms keep the soils clean by di- digesting the soil, and their movement keeps the soil fresh, as do moles. Bacteria in the soil recycle nitrogen and carbon, fungi transport nutrients and help to decompose uh, decompose organic matter. Uh, intricate root systems and plants and trees provide shelter and food for lots of organisms. Soil is a thriving ecosystem. So when you're, when you're preaching, you've got to do all of this study into gardening and biology. It's ridiculous, really. It took me hours to come up with all of that. But nonetheless, um, I learned something new, and I'm sure you did too. So, so Agriculture, ancient agriculture in the Bible, because it's littered throughout the Bible, there's many references to ag- agriculture. Um, in ancient times, agriculture was considered both an art and a science, cultivating the ground, producing crops, raising livestock on your own land or farm. Go back thousands of years. It is mentioned often in the early chapters of Genesis, for example. Genesis 1, 11 to 13 says this. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees that are, um, on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit, seeding it according to their kinds. And God, God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. So from the very beginning of the Bible, we see that God was the orchestrator of this. And we see God firstly as a gardener. First thing we see that God. And even if you look at further on in, the, in, the, in Genesis, you see that God planted a garden. We read that, right? And the garden was called Eden. So he plants a garden called Eden. So from the get-go, we see God as a gardener. So God is very into gardening. And Jesus reveals to us this same truth in John chapter 15, verse 1, that says, that I am the vine, and my Father is the gardener. So we know from the Scriptures that God likes gardening. And that, um, but um, if God likes gardening, uh, every gardener um, goes about gardening with intention. You don't just go pottering in the garden. In fact, let me tell you a story about me and gardening, okay? It might help you to not invite me into your garden, Okay? <laughs> but let me tell you, so I lived uh, in London, as most of you know, and um, I, the street I lived on, when I first moved there, um, we had a nice little house, and I had a nice little garden, not too big. Um, but i'm not a garden person I'm not a green-fingered kind of guy some people are this is not me you know what I mean but so anyway the garden's there and after a while the garden starts to grow as you know and you know weeds and all sorts of stuff starts to emerge and you're thinking gosh what's all this about you know what I mean and then you've got to go out there and kind of tend to that but again not the garden person so after a while the gar- it's kind of overgrew, and it looked like a jungle yeah and, and, and if you look to my left, the garden next door looked pristine. And to the right, it looked like there was in a picture. But I looked at my garden and thought, wow, this animal's growing, must be in there somewhere. <laughs> Because they, it was a mess. So, the, my neighbor to my right, uh, my neighbors next to my right, uh, to, was Ted and Maureen. Ted and Maureen was an elderly couple, uh, and they were a lovely couple. And Ted was an avant gardener. And Ted, I think, I think, out of embarrassment for me, this, um, would over, pop over to my garden and he would help do my gardening for me. And I thought that was very neighborly. <laughs> I, I, I thought so. Um, I just thought that's what neighbors do. So, um, so Ted, obviously, I just thought he just didn't like the look of my garden at all and decided to do what he needed to do, so he did. So after a while, um, uh, I said they were elderly, so uh, unfortunately, Ted got ill one day and, and unfortunately passed away. And uh, his uh, wife and family invited us to the uh, funeral. We went along and um, obviously, now, and I you know, shared that moment with them. And um, uh, after Ted passed away, my garden still grew. And so there was a problem, so I had a problem. Uh, how do I now deal with this guy? So I had to, um, you know, out of embarrassment, I thought, look, come on, Ted can do it, I can do it. So I went into my shed. I decided to go through the f- fields and the forests, and I ma- managed to get there safely, and I got into the shed, pulled out some ge- garden gear, and I began to chop away, yeah, the great jungle that was in front of me, all right? And I started to get into it. And I was like, man, this is all right. I'm saying, you know, it's it not too bad. I can see why people do this. And so I began to, you know, hack away and chop away all kinds of weeds and so forth and so on. And then um, I came to a place where I saw this, this kind of looked like a weed growing towards coming from next door but coming into my garden. So I thought, you know what? Ted's been great to me over the years. Let me help Ted out by chopping away this weed. So I just said, yeah, well, I'm cutting away, chopping away. I'm saying, and then I thought, good on your mark, well done, son. All right? I was proud of myself that day. Um, a few days later, I, um, I was told that my neighbour Maureen wanted to see me urgently. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, so I went next door. So uh, Maureen, hi. What's happening? Uh, invited me in, and, and she looked very stern. I thought, what's going on here? What did I do to Maureen? She sat me down at the kitchen table and said, for years, Ted planted this bush, this flower plant at the back of our garden. It was growing and blossoming so well. And then you cut the root of it. <laughs> and now it's dying. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I, I'm moaning, what can I do to help? Nothing you can do. I mean, but I, I apologized profusely, and it, it taught me a lesson. Uh, don't go in the garden, Mark. I mean." <laughs> Um, and definitely don't let people in the garden that have no idea what they're doing, all right? That was me. So I, I, did, I learned a lesson that day, and so now I hire gardeners to come in to cut my garden for me, all right? That's the best way. Some of us are great at our things. I'm all right with singing. I'm saying, but gardening, not so much, Right? So, um, so just remember that when you're thinking about me, going for, inviting me around um, for a summer's barbecue. Please cut the grass before I come, all right? So. It's in biblical times, as you say, um, the gardens, they, uh, the agricultural society, and they grew um, fields and gardening. And I said before, um, I told you about my gardening story and that let's get back to the text because I don't want to lose track of where we're going and we've got a little bit of time. So Jesus in our text reveals to us the focus of our attention that we need to identify the three main elements of his story. And the three main elements of the story are this. He says to us, he doesn't leave it to us to interpret it, it's allegory. So he speaks this message, this parable to us, and doesn't leave it to me and you to interpret what he could mean. He explains it to us through his disciples. and says to us that the sower is one who speaks. That's what he says. The sower, the farmer, is a speaker. So right now, I am sowing. And he says the seed is words. So the the farmer is a speaker, and the seed that he, he sows are words. And the soil is the heart of a man. Do you get that? So the first thing that we learn from the the text, or these three principles are very important, is that the sower is the the one who speaks words, and the the, the seed that he uses is words that he speaks, and the ground that he sows in is the heart of a man. This is important. So in in my little example here that you see, the journey of the fruit that we're trying to get to is the outcome or the the product, the end product of a life. Jesus wants to produce something in our lives, fruit. That's the intention of a gardener that plants seed in the ground. He wants an outcome. And he knows what kind of um, um, fruit tree he's planting because he intentionally put in the ground a seed that he wants to see manifested. And now look, uh, so I told you at the beginning that um, what we needed in order to produce fruit is we needed seed, right? We needed soil, and we needed, what, uh, what else is it? Light and water. Is that true? Work with me. Okay, good. So let's do an experiment. Um, let's, let's try and grow something. Here's a seed, and here's soil. What hindereth thee? So, like a, So I'm going to use my trowel. And I'm going to plant this in the ground, cover it over. I need my little water bottle there, please, mate. This is the best gardening you're going to see from me. And look, water. Okay, light. Come on. Daddy needs to eat, come on. Come on. It's, not, it's not working. Is it not working? Oh, okay, let's dig it up. <laughs> this one's broken. Let's try another one. Put that in the ground, cover it over, a little water. Grow. It's not working. What's the matter? Time. Time. Now, this is an important principle for us. And this is what happens to us. The Word of God is sown in our lives. And the Word of God tells us something. Lord, Lord, the Word of God produces promises for us seeds for our lives, how we live out our lives. And the the role of the, the, the recipient, the, the individual, is to plant that seed, allow that seed to be planted in their hearts. And we come to church like today, and we receive the good seed of God's Word in our lives, and we t- praise God, thank oh wonderful message, wasn't it great? Wasn't that amazing? That was We had a good message, and then um, we believe, we say we believe, God of miracles, we sing the songs, God of miracles come. You believe that, right? At the time that you're singing it, we're believing it. We've got full faith that this is going to come to pass, Uh, and we put the seed, the seed is put in the ground, and then uh, we're believing God, whether it be for healing, for a breakthrough in our situations, for marriage to be healed, whatever it may be, we put the seed in the ground, and we believe that God's going to do something. Uh, and then we, we do like what I just did. Just it, 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 we put it in the ground, and it doesn't seem to happen when we want it to happen, and so we think it's not working. And then what we do is what I just did. We dig it up, and we get another one. We put it in the ground again. And we think, come on, seed, why are you working? But they miss an ingredient that you just identified for me was time, and it takes approximately six to ten years for an apple tree to produce apples. An apple tree doesn't produce apples overnight. It takes time for apples to come, and similarly, the promises of God towards your life will take time. Let me give you another example. Um, if anyone here have a gym, go to the gym on a regular basis, yeah, a couple people, Jesus, we need to help, Lord help us here in the church, uh, so, so, I don't know about you, okay, so earlier, earlier this year, earlier this year, I decided I've got to get rid of this baby that I'm carrying, okay, and um, so I started to go to the gym, started to go to the gym. Um, and the, the, I was going to the gym with Kieran. The, the sports anyone knows Kieran is avid. He's a, he, heads up the football team, um, captain, and he's an avid sportsman. So he's fully fit. You know what I mean? And I decided that I was going to go with Kieran to the gym. I, I don't know what possessed me. It was just what, seemed a good idea at the time. And so Kieran goes to the gym before he goes to work. So I had to wake up in the morning and get, get to the gym for six o'clock in the morning. Yes, I know. <laughs> So, uh, so, got to the gym, 6 o'clock in the morning, and Kieran, um, I, think is a little bit, um, I think, is a little bit insane. <laughs> like, um, because, you know, the kind of things that he was putting my body through, I was about to explain to him, Kieran, I am not your age. I mean, I'm an older man, I need you to take it easy. But Kieran didn't seem to be listening to me. And, and, um, and went through the, you know, and basically tortured me, literally, for the hour. I'm saying... And so that was what, and I was going through it and thought, okay, fine, I'll do it, I'll do it. Then um, then um, something happened. I had to move from where I was to another address. And, and in the process of moving, my enthusiasm for getting up at 6 o'clock also moved as well. Right? <laughs> and, so, and so I didn't end up going back to the gym. I mean, uh, but the thing is about going to the gym is this. When, when you go to the gym, I don't know about you, you go to the gym and you do a workout for like an hour. Right? And you feel good, right? Anybody there with me? Feel good, go to the gym, work out, do your, whatever you're doing. I'm saying, um, this, is, this is my gym uh, thing, right? And so you, you, get, you get then home. You get home, what do you do first thing? No, no, you don't, no. Yeah, we need to pray for him. Okay, we get to the gym, and um, get, um, we get to the, the get home, and, and, the, and then you go to the mirror, you look in the mirror, nothing's changed, I mean. Nothing, nothing's changed, it's exactly the same. Yeah? And I'm like, hmm, this just doesn't seem to be working out very well. Okay, so if all right, I give it another go and you go back again and, and, and you do your workout, you go for the torch of the hour, you come back home, you go to the mirror again, look in the mirror, nothing's changed. Uh, and, and so what do you think? you think, do you think it's not working? Something's wrong with the gym, the gym's broken. Huh? Uh, But the the issue isn't about whether or not it's... You see, the thing is, when you go to the gym, you know and you've learned over time that actually it's not about the one or two hours of um, intense workout that causes transformation in your body. It's consistency. Doing the same thing, even when you don't see results. The reality is that, that understanding of gym... And getting fit is the same analogy that we can, put, um, we can relate to, this, the, the process of seed, time, and harvest. When you put a seed in the ground, at the time you put it in the ground, um, and you're believing God for some transformation in your life or some breakthrough, it seems like nothing's happening. But when a farmer puts a seed in the soil, he doesn't think nothing's going to happen. He puts it and he knows that soil and seed combined will produce something. He knows it, he knows that it works, that the soil and the seed have an agreement. That the seed knows that if it puts itself in the soil, eventually the soil will grab a hold of it and it will do what it needs to do to the seed and it will create an environment so that the seed can break out of its its, um, shell and begin to to, uh, demonstrate or evolve and become something that it was born to become. And so the farmer doesn't think about the seed whether or not it's working or not, because he knows the principle always works. So when he puts the seed in the ground, he goes to sleep. Because he knows while he's sleeping, the ground is working. Whatever you're believing God for, the good seed of God's word always works. The issue is not with the seed, the issue is not with the seed or with the soil. It's whether or not we're going to consistently believe that what God has said to us is going to come to pass. And the thing is, do you believe the integrity of God's Word? Do you believe that what God said over your life is true? Do you believe that the promises of God are yes and amen? If those things are true and consistently true, all I need to do is be consistent in allowing the seed to be sown into my life. In the text... The scriptures reveal to us that the, the seed is the, word and, um, is, is the word of God, um, the, the fruit is the manifestation of the promises of God, and the soil is the heart of a man. Now the heart is not talking about the, that which pumps in your chest, the heart is referring to that which, um, the, the, the process in which you uh, think and um, imagine, it is really, it's not here so much as it is here. So, the heart that it's referring to is not the one that pumps blood. The heart is this one is what you think, is that part of you that processes information and emotional um, emotions. That's the heart of a man. So, what God is sowing a seed or words, it's sowing it into your heart or into your thinking because He's trying to change the way you think. Okay. The reason why this is important is because um, our beliefs become our thoughts, our thoughts become our words, our words become our actions, our actions become our values, and our values become our destiny. It begins with a thought, but it ends with a destination. It starts with a seed, but it ends with fruit. So if I need to change the outcomes of my life, I don't try to hack off the fruit. I need to go back to the seed. Because the input changes the output. So if there's an area of your life that you're producing fruit that you don't want, you need to change the seed. Because the seed will change the outcome. And God's seed bag looks like this. In this seed bag are everything that you need pertaining to life and godliness. Everything that you need to bring your life into a place of abundance and fruitfulness is contained in this bag of seed. And all you are required to do is put it in the ground. I can't do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. I don't know what your, your, your need, what, what, fruit you wanna produce. I don't know what the harvest you're looking for is, but God has promised you that every single issue that you're facing, he's got a seed for it. If you need healing, he's got healing seed in here. If you need financial breakthrough, he's got financial seeds in here. If you need healing for your broken heart, guess what? Broken heart, page 69. In here, he has got a bag full of seeds that covers every area of our lives. And what he's requiring from us is that we take the seed out of the bag and put it in the ground. Okay, so uh, I, must, I must point to this fact because I'm off my notes now, I'm, I'm going off piste, yeah? But I think I need to say these things that I feel that Father wants to say to us. The, God has given us everything. He's given us the bag of seeds, and at the end, he wants some fruit. Okay? Fair enough? Uh, Okay. So um, the fruit that God is after, um, believe it or not, is for you to become or to understand that you are a child of God. This is the fruit he's after. He's saying to you that I want you to know that you are my child. We sang um, before we came up, who you say I am. Yeah, Yeah, it was an appropriate song and I couldn't have selected a better list of songs um, for today's message than what AJ and Sarah picked. So, you know, they're amazing. Put your hands together for those wonderful, gifted individuals. so the song sets it up nicely. So the song really speaks about who God says I am. Not who I say I am, or who my family told me I am, or my friends or my teachers said that I am, but who God says I am. Because God's the one planting this seed in the ground. And God knows that he, what, who, you and I are the plantings of the Lord, and God wants to see something. He said to the first man, when he made him in the garden, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth with what? Not apples, with the character of God. The fruit of a believer's life is the fruit of the spirit. And the fruit of the spirit is found in Galatians 5, yeah, And it reveals to us the, what God is looking for from our lives. He's looking for long suffering. Yeah, is that right? Patience. He's looking for, for, um, for uh, love and peace and joy. He's looking for all of these expressions of his character revealed in us. That is the outcome. That is the fruit that God is looking for from our lives. And when we become mature and we grow up, we will look exactly like how we were designed to look. Now, th- there is a part that we must play in this journey. And the part that we must play in the journey is we need to look after the soil. The the, the condition of the soil is important to whether or not you get the harvest you're meant to get. Did you know that? So if, for example, the, the soil becomes hardened, then you have to do something to make the soil, condition of the soil, palatable for the seed. Because if it's hard, you can't put the seed in the ground because the seed will bounce off the top. And as the story that we read in Mark 4, if you leave seed on the ground, the enemy will come and take it. How many times have you come to church and you've received a good word from God, and by the time you get to the door, something's happened, and 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 somebody ruined your day by stepping on your toe... Or you got in your car and you made your way home and somebody cut you off in traffic and all of a sudden you're saying words that are not Jesus, yeah, to them and, you're, and you've lost that, that passion, that zeal, that energy that you got when you came in the house. How many times have, have you prepared to come to the house of the Lord and while you're at home and you're getting excited about um, Jesus and coming to worship Jesus, the kids go crazy, like they're possessed, yeah? <laughs> And then you've got to try and get them in order, and you're prayed over them in Jesus' name. Come out, demon, come out. I mean, what, but you're going through this process, and this seems to be a wrestling because the enemy knows that the good seed of God in your life is what's going to transform your life. He knows that you're going to become the, the fullness of God, you're going to re, the representation of God in the earth, and that you're going to transform the world for His glory. But the enemy doesn't want that to happen, so he's going to do everything in his power to try and get in the way of you. Is that making any sense? Okay, so, the condition of the soil is down to you and me. So, what we have to do is we have to roll up our sleeves. Because getting in the soil is dirty work. And you might have to go through and look for things that are going to get in the way. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Anger. This looks like bitterness to me. (laughs) And you've got to go through your soil and you've got to pick out the things and the weeds that are going to get in the way of the good seed of God's word in your life. There are some challenges that you're facing. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe worry is your thing, and worry is in your heart, and it's choking the possibilities and the potential of you. So you've got to let God get in there, and try and dig through all the bits that might get in the way of a fruitful life. Now, once you've done that, you're making room for God's word, you're making room for the good seed of God to come in and for it to produce something extraordinary, for you to become all that God designed you to become. So today, it's a very simple message. But I want to say to us today, how many of us are prepared, in conclusion really, to allow God to do the necessary work of breaking up the fallow ground of our hearts. It's gonna hurt. Can you imagine what it feels like for the soil to have something going into it like this? But when God puts his trowel and his fork into your soil, he's not doing it with the intent to hurt you. He's doing it with the intent to take out of you the things in your life that are not in line with his truth. The the behaviors and the practices that are contending for righteousness in your life. God wants you to become totally fruitful and to become the person he designed you to become. But in order for that to happen, you have to be prepared to let the master gardener, the patient gardener, get into your ground. Are you prepared to do that this morning? Is there stuff in your life that's getting in the way of your growth, of you producing the fruit of the Spirit? Is the good seed of God in your life and you've somehow, because of impatience, dug up the good seed because you felt it wasn't working? Do you need to come back to the altar of God's presence for God to do the necessary work in your life so that you can become all that He designed you to become. The end result of our lives is that we wake up one day and we become like the one that we worship. The fruit that God is looking for from our lives isn't a bigger house, isn't you know, um, a better job, a bigger car. That's not the fruit that God is after. The fruit of God, that God is after is a, is a life of righteousness, a life of holiness, a life where we reflect his image and his kindness, his loving kindness in the world around us. And the fruit that we're producing, as I said before in, earlier, is not for us. It's for others. When you produce that fruit of righteousness and people see the way that you're living out your lives, They want to taste and see how good your God is. So today, I want to invite you as we come to the close. If you feel that this message has spoken into you and that you have not been the great gardener like me, you know, you've been as bad at gardening your own heart as I have been gardening in my natural garden. And maybe you need to to get those weeds cut out and it's interesting to me that, you know, weeds don't ask your permission to grow. You don't, you don't have to plant weeds, you notice that? But you have to intentionally plant seed. So the stuff that we wrestle with, the issues that we're challenges of our lives are, are, are gonna be there. We need to contend with those things on a regular basis. It's not, there's never gonna be a day when you don't have to deal with the weeds in your life but you have to be intentional about presenting your heart to God so that he can take out of your life the things that are gonna get in the way of productivity and fruitfulness. So my invitation to everyone today within the sound of my voice is that if you're up for it, you're up for some gardening and you want God to do a work in your heart today so that you can produce a life worthy of his name, produce fruits that will glorify him I'm going to ask you to stand if that's you and if you feel that Lord I want to be that instrument I want you to to work your work in me I'm going to ask you Lord God to do what you need to do in the garden of my heart because I need to change I need to become fruitful I need to be the kind of man and kind of woman that you're looking for me to be Lord so I want you to to do what you need to do have your way I'm ready, Lord God, for the, to go for the process of you putting your shovel in my, in my soil and extrapolating out of it all the stuff that, is, that I've put in it. The anger, the bitterness, the resentment, resentment, the pain of the past, all these things, Father, that have tried to crowd out your seed. I surrender today so that you can do your work in me. Have your way in my heart. As the band begins to sing, I wonder if, there's so many of you that stood and thank you for that. I wonder if you wouldn't mind just closing your eyes and lifting your hands to heaven as an act of surrender and saying to God, here I am. Have your way in my heart. Lord, I, I, I want you to do what you need to do in me so that I can become a fruitful man, a fruitful woman. I can look like what you desire me to look like. I'm going to pray man is going to sing and, uh, and uh, you know we're just going to let Holy Spirit do, have his way in our lives Father in the name of Jesus I thank you for every single man woman that, and boy and girl that stood today stood because they heard from you a word from you Lord and they are ready for you to do a work in their hearts they're ready for you Lord God to, to plow away at the soil of their hearts to take out the things that are going to get in the way of the good seed that you've sown in their lives. Father, I thank you today, Lord God, for what you've spoken over them, that they are who you say they are, Lord, that they were born to be sons and daughters of God, that they're not who this enemy says that they are. They are not what even they have said over their lives, but they are the the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. They are overcomers, more than conquerors, ears and joint ears with Jesus Christ that they are holy because you said they are and when the enemy has tried to convince them otherwise Lord we we reject the seed of the enemy and we declare in the name of Jesus that we are who God says we are and we surrender to your your work right now Holy Spirit in our lives we ask that you do what you need to do in our lives that, that Lord glorify your name as we pray Lord and we surrender our soil to you have your way in Jesus name